to burn out, we're to burn on. The weights dragging on your legs will get you to where you are burned out because you're trying to run, but you're too weighted down and you expire. He who burns the candle at both ends will eventually melt down. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi everybody, I'm Jeff Wickwire and welcome to Life Talk. You know, I can't wait to share our brand new series beginning today called The Race. The book of Hebrews says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. What is that race? What's involved in it? What must we do to run a good race? We're going to speak to all of these questions and much more in the coming days. Our first message today is, drop that weight. No, I don't mean pounds. I mean unnecessary baggage, the things that slow us down, that hinder us from running our best. So let's get right to the message today. The Bible says that we Christians are in a divinely appointed race. We're in a race. It's not a casual, leisurely stroll through the park that we're in. But the Bible calls it a race and says it's characterized by four things. And I want you to listen to them. One, a definite aim. The race we're in has a definite aim. Paul called it the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven. There is a prize. There is a reward. I think the biggest prize is going to be seeing the face of Jesus. But he says we're, our race has a definite aim. We are not as those who beat the air. We know what we're after. It has an aim. Second, it has a God-appointed path. This is very important. A God-appointed path. It says the race he himself has set before us. So God laid out the track. God laid out the racetrack. And God is at the finish tape. And he says, so it's a path that he has set before us. Are you getting this? It's powerful. Then there's a steady progress. There's an aim, there is a path, and there is a progress we're to make. The Bible says that we are to be ever reaching forward to what is ahead. That's progress, ever reaching, moving forward, onward, upward, forward, not getting still, not stopping, not dropping out, not stagnating, but we're progressing. We ought, to be, we ought to be further along than we were last year, further along than we were last month. Because every day we wake up, we've got an aim, we've got a path, and we ought to be experiencing progress in this race. And then the Bible is very clear that it involves a strenuous effort. Strenuous effort. Paul said in another place, he said, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent must take it. Everybody say with me, take it. That means by force. He says, take it by force. There are some things you've got to wrest out of the hands of the devil. 
There are some things that you've just got to say, I may not feel like it. I may not be up for it, but I'm moving forward and I'm taking this thing by force, by the force of faith. So say with me, there's an aim, there's a path, there's a progress, and there's an effort in the race we're in. Now, in order to win this race, the Christian is called to do four things. Let me show them to you real quick. And I want you to say them with me. Lay aside every weight. If you're going to do the aim and the path and the progress and the effort, you're going to have to lay aside some things. He said, lay aside every sin. But then he adds, lay aside every weight. The Greek here with lay aside is just like if I took this jacket off and laid it down. It means take it off and lay it down. Just lay it down. Lay down those weights. Lay down those sins. Then we're to run with patience. Run with patience. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside besetting sins and run the race with patience. And then we're to stay focused, not on our problems, not on the mountains, not on the valleys, not on people, not on circumstances, not on difficulties, not on challenges, not on trials, but we're to stay focused on Jesus. So say with me, lay aside every weight, lay aside every sin, run with patience, and stay focused on Jesus. Of those four that I named, I believe the most neglected thing that we ever hear preached on is the first one. Let us lay aside every weight. Weight. So I want you to say with me these words, freedom to run without encumbrance. Now we usually hear without sin, but today we're going to hear about laying down the weight. Now the word weight used in our passage here today is a Greek word, onkos, onkos, and it means a burden, an encumbrance. A weight is not sin in itself, or the verse would not have distinguished between sins and weights, but it does. So lay aside weights and lay aside sin. So weights must not be sin, but it's weights. But he said, even though it's not a sin, it needs to be laid aside if you're going to run with patience the race that is set before you. So I want you to really hone in on this today because it wouldn't be in the Bible if it wasn't meaningful for all of us today. A weight is something that is not sin in itself, but it is whatever hinders the individual Christian from running the race that God has set before him. It's a hindrance. It's a weight on your legs. We've seen people that work out and they put those weights around their ankles so that it'll build up their leg muscles as they're walking. Now that's good if you want to build muscle, but it's not good if you want to run a race. Nobody wanting to run a race is going to put those things around their ankles. Weights can be, dear church, legitimate things, but they still hinder our walk with God. Weights encroach on our fruitfulness, and they rob us of our productivity. And I want you to know that by using the illustration of a race, the writer is alluding to runners in the Olympic Games that were so prominent in the days of Rome and Greece. They were the ones that came up with the original Olympics. And so he's alluding to the Olympic Games, no doubt about it. And he knew that the runners in the Olympic Games were very, very careful not to take anything on themselves that would be weighty that would weigh them down. Anything that was heavy, they would not receive it. Even their clothes were designed so as not to impede their running. Now let me ask you a question. You know the answer. It's rhetorical, but here we go. 
You don't run a race wearing an overcoat. You don't run a race wearing dress shoes like I have on right now. No, you put on Air, Jordan, whatever they are. They go for hundreds of dollars. When I was a kid, it was PF Flyers, and that's going to really date me. How many of you remember PF Flyers? There you see all the baby boomers in this room. The advertisement said, with PF Flyers, you run faster and jump higher. I said, Mom, I want some PF Flyers. And I was convinced that once I put those magic shoes on, those PF Flyers, my speed was going to increase, and I was going to leap over hurdles, and I found out real quick it wasn't true. So my day, PF Flyers, our day, Air Jordans. Can I tell you the truth? If you're going to jump that high, you got to be Michael Jordan. But here's the deal. You don't run a race wearing long pants. Now, it wouldn't be a sin, but it would be stupid. Because you're not going to be able to run, are you? These Olympic runners would even eat in such a way that it wouldn't stay on their stomach. It was light food. They ate light. Because they said, I want every advantage when I'm running this race. And that's the way we need to see the Christian race. We need to not be concerned just about sin, but also about weights. The Bible says the Christian's goal should be to run to win. Can you say that with me? Run to win. Don't you realize that everybody who runs in a race runs to win, says Paul? But only one runner gets the prize. Run like them so that you can win. Run like who? Run like Olympic runners so that you can win. So you can't be weighted down. You cannot be weighted down. Here, here's the bottom line. Anything that doesn't help your race hinders your race. As somebody that enjoys cycling, sometimes you're not aware of what is weighing you down until you get into a race. And once you get out there and you're taxing your body, you're taxing your strength, you have miles to go. You notice little things that are hindering you, that are holding you down, that are unnecessary for the race. And so next time you go out, you don't have them with you. You ride light. If you can afford it, you get a carbon bike. The lighter your load, the faster you go. I want to submit to you, a lot of the church in America has taken care of the sin issue, but they don't understand the issue of weights and how it's both there. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Notice he said weights first, not sin first. Weights. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us, so easily entangles us. It reminds me of the story in Mark 10, verse 50, where the blind man named Bartimaeus, old blind Bartimaeus, threw away his garment when he heard that Jesus was there. And he, well, listen to the verse. Bartimaeus, Mark 10, verse 50. Bartimaeus yanked off his old coat and flung it aside, jumped up and came to Jesus. Why did he throw off the old coat? You know why? He didn't want anything hindering his speed in getting to Jesus. How many old coats do we need to throw off today? Old coats, things that we don't need. Things that are not necessary to the race. Things we're hanging on to that we've got a love affair with, but they're not sin. But it might be something we don't even see. But it's holding us down. And notice, he didn't care about the coat he was wearing until he became aware. Well, there's Jesus, and I've got so much time to get to him. So I'm throwing off anything that would slow me down to reach him. Sometimes we've got to throw off the trappings of our old life, folks. 
Not necessarily sinful trappings, but things that hinder, things that we don't really need, things that drag us down. You know what the church altar ought to be? Not only a place where we come down and, and repent of sin, but a place we come down and leave weights down here. Just leave them down here on the altar. Just leave the weights right down here on the altar. Get rid of those weights. I'm going to talk to you about a few of them in just a minute. We should confess our sins, but we ought to also confess our weights. Let me ask you a question today. What is your weight? What is dragging you down? In your race, have you noticed anything pulling on you, putting a drag on you, slowing you down? What is that thing that's not wrong in itself, but you know you need to lay it aside if you're going to run at maximum speed? Folks, how many of you are aware that we're in a day we need to be running at maximum speed? Running in the race, running in this race. It's a spiritual race. You know what Jesus said? I'm going to flip the verse. Did he say, my yoke is hard and my burden is heavy? No, what did he say? My yoke is easy and my burden is Jesus light. He said, my burden is light. You want to know what's heavy? Sin is heavy and weights are heavy. So, Here's something else to remember. If it's a weight instead of a wing, it's not from God. The Bible says they shall mount up with weights, wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Did you hear that? They will run and not be weary. Did you hear that? They're in a race and they're not weary. You know why? Because they have wings instead of weights. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Even though all around them, young men are fainting Those that have learned to wait on the Lord and put their weights down and their sins down will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint, and they will sprout wings. Now, I want to mention three weights today. Here's the first one. Let us lay aside every unnecessary business. Unnecessary business. Have you ever noticed how easy it is for you to get involved in something God didn't call you to? When a person becomes involved in any business that God has not called him to, he takes an unnecessary burden upon himself and it becomes a weight. Did you know, and I I hesitate to say this, I'm afraid to say this in a church that thrives on volunteerism, but do you know you can volunteer yourself to death? I'm going to get rebuked for that one by my whole staff. Oh, pastor, we need volunteers. Hey, we need volunteers, but we need volunteers who have heard God and are getting in the place he has put them. We don't need overcommitted people We need people committed in the place God has gifted them in. Because you can be overcommitted, over busy, and it becomes a weight and a drag on your spirit. You wake up in one day and you say the thrill is gone. The zeal is dried up. I don't have it anymore. There's no more umph. What has happened? Well, it could be that you were overcommitted. We're to do some things. I want you to say that with me. I'm to do some things, but I'm not to do everything. You know, I thought about God's job description on the way to church today, and I thought, he's the only one that can fill it. Some people think they're God, think they're Jesus, and can do everything, but you can't. Now, in Jesus' parable of the sower, I want you to listen to this. In Jesus' parable of the sower, he gave a warning. Remember, he told about the tale of four seeds. And one of those seeds that sown into the ground was choked. Listen to what he said. The seed that fell into thorny ground The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked it and it became unfruitful. You know what that word 
choke means in the original language. It is literally to strangle. The word of God working in this person was strangled where they became unfruitful by being overly caught up in the cares of this world. In other words, they were choked by a weight. Do you know that sometimes the most anointing thing you can say is no? Now, again, I'm in a church that thrives on volunteerism. We need more volunteers as I speak today. But I want volunteers who have heard the Spirit of God, and they're in the place that God has called them to, because there they will thrive, and there they will survive. But you can be overly committed where you're involved in so many things, not just in church, but out of church. You've got a commitment here, commitment there. Got to do this, got to do that. Got to go here, got to go there. And suddenly, that word in you has no room to grow because it's choked by weights, the cares of this world. The weight of unnecessary involvement in this world's affairs can strangle our walk with God and slow our progress. So sometimes the most annoying thing we can say is no to yet another commitment, yet another ministry, yet another task, yet another business. Sometimes just learn to say no. Do you know that I've learned to say no? Sometimes somebody will call me and say, Pastor, you've got to. And I say to myself, I don't got to anything. Unless God says, that's for you. Or you know what you'd have up here? You'd have a burned out, washed out, choked out preacher that hadn't been with God because I'm too busy to be with God. And I know that if you need anything, you need a fresh word from God. And this word I bring you today didn't come from me being overly busy. It came from me listening to God. So you got to say no. See, some Christians think the more busy you are, the more spiritual you are. That's crazy. Even Jesus said, come apart to a desert place and rest your blessed assurance for a while. That's the revised slanted Wickwire version. He said, come apart to a desert place and rest for a while. Everybody say rest. Now, we're not to burn out. We're to burn on. We're not to burn out. We're to burn on. But weights dragging on your legs will get you to where you are burned out because you're trying to run, but you're too weighted down, and you expire. I thought of this this week. He who burns the candle at both ends will eventually melt down. It has happened to me before. He who burns the candle at both ends will eventually melt down. Our first responsibility, church, is to keep the fire within us burning. I want you to hear your pastor today. The first responsibility of every believer is to keep the fire burning in your own heart. You've got to get with God on a daily basis, and don't be so overly committed you don't have time to do so. Because if you get away from your daily devotional time with God, you have just assured a shipwreck. So the first weight in the backpack that we carry around sometimes, full of weights, is business that God hasn't called you to. So before you commit to anything, say, Lord, is this for me? Do you know what the Holy Spirit will do? He will give you a piece or take his piece away about you getting involved in that. Now, a second weight in our race, are you ready? Is debilitating distractions. Debilitating distractions. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. The little foxes. That is a picture. Now, you know what we say about a fox? Crafty, sly, sneaky. He's saying that it's the sly, crafty, 
relentless distractions in life that steal our time away with God. And they become weights in our race. Can I tell you what the devil is? Listen carefully. He's a master distractor. The devil is a master distractor. He's a master distractor. There are a million and one things that vie for your time and mine. A million and one things competing for, contesting for, reaching for your time and mine. You know why? Because time is what God gives you and me to accomplish his will. So it's valuable. Time lost is never found again. If you lose time, you're never going to get it back. I'm using my time right now to minister the word of God with you. I could be sitting at home watching TV, watching football, wasting my time. But I'm using it for a redemptive purpose right now. I'm redeeming my time. We can waste time. We can squander time. We can spend time. We can take time for granted or we can redeem our time. The Bible says redeeming the time because the days are evil. The Bible tells us what to do with our time. It's not that we're always to be in the Bible, always to be in prayer, but it is to be a priority. The kingdom of God is to be number one, not two, not three, not leftovers. God is not a God of leftovers. He wants the first. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things you want will be added to you as a side benefit of seeking God first. So he wasn't saying go into some monastery and off in the wilderness and never involve yourself with people and just become a hermit. That's not what he was saying. He was talking about divine kingdom priorities. He said, I must be first. See, it's easy to give your time to a good thing. And here's where the devil gets into the life of believers. It's easy to give your time to a good thing, a productive thing, even a worthwhile thing. But listen carefully to me. It may not be the best thing. There's a huge difference between good and best. There's a giant difference between a good idea and a God idea. One O. But oh, the difference between a good idea and a God idea. Listen, God wants his children involved in the God ideas, not the good ideas. All right? So, if I were the devil, if I were the devil, and I knew I had already lost you to Christ, you were saved, and there's no way I can get you back. I know I've lost you. Then... Here's going to be my next scheme. If I'm the devil, it would be to distract you from using your time to God's glory. Have you ever noticed when you decide to pray, you go into your prayer closet and that phone suddenly starts ringing off the wall. The kids go crazy. The pets go nuts. All kinds of things begin banging on that door to try to get you out of that prayer. Have you ever noticed that? When you decide you're going to seek God like you've never sought him before, suddenly a million and one distractions vying for your time come pressing into your life. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm stirred in my heart by today's message. What a mighty Savior we serve. Now, don't go anywhere because we've got some exciting things to share with all of our Life Talk listeners you're going to want to take advantage of. I look forward to seeing you next time on Life Talk. Until then, may God bless you richly is my prayer. Hi. 
Hi, this is Pastor Jeff. You know, at Life Talk, we want to stay connected with you and help equip and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you'd like to receive e-devotionals and ministry updates from me, go online to lifetalkradio.us and sign up to receive this exclusive Life Talk listener email. When you sign up for the first time, we'll send you a free resource as a thank you for being a devoted Life Talk listener. So go to lifetalkradio.us and sign up for a free e-devotional today. Drop That Weight is the first message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Race. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Race, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.